Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Sunday, May the 2nd, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, prodigious which means causing amazement or wonder. Prodigious. Prodigious. I'm sorry. Prodigious. Well, today is Sunday, and this is the day which the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hope everyone is enjoying or will enjoy this Sunday. It is for many people this their day off or continuation of the weekend and all of its festivities, especially with uh, mask restrictions being lifted. So I hope everyone enjoys their Sunday. Much needed after a year or so of being locked up, cooped up, missed us. Of course, last year, who could forget? We missed the spring, we missed the summer, and ah, it was just a mess. It was just a mess. But most definitely most definitely glad to be among the living today. As always, it's always good to be seen and not viewed. (laughs) If you catch that, then you catch that. If you don't, you don't. Hope you never find out. Anyway, uh, as I alluded to, the governor of North Carolina has lifted some uh, mask mandates here. You can now go outside and don't have to worry about having a mask on course if you're fully vaccinated and you're in an area where there's not too many people around feel free take your mask off certainly a a welcome welcome rejoicing if if i can say that you know i know a lot of people hey i got to be one of them those masks man and and especially when you're outside I, i guess we're just so accustomed to just walking around so carefreely and not being restricted by a mask, but man, those masks can stifle you and make you feel as though you're suffocating. So with the lifting of that mandate that you can now wear it outside, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Does show that we're making some trend, some lead way in this uh, COVID world we're living in. And you know, like I said, a large majority of the people are vaccinated. Some have been vaccinated uh, with both, so that's that's good. And uh, also, side note, Johnson & Johnson is back on the market, and it came out sometime last week, and they allowed them to uh, <coughs> re-inter- reintroduce themselves, if, if I can say that. And they did come out and say, hey, we found out what the problem was with the uh, side effects, you know, of course, the blood clot, and, and, you know, some more people had passed away because of that Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I believe what they're attributing it to is of course uh, uh, some underlying conditions, some medications that people may have been on or lifestyles or whatever. Uh, I don't know. It can go either way for me. Yeah, I can understand that you're now, you know, you're finding out what the problem was, but shouldn't you have really been or had already discovered what side effects were before you released it and besides before everyone jumped on it and held it as the one shot wonder 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, you know, just like I said and, and, and at the beginning of when all this vaccination started, I wondered, like many of you, I'm sure, wondered, well, how do you know what the side effects are? We just had the COVID come on the scene uh, however many months for, or almost a year before you came out with these vaccines and we were all saying to ourselves, I know I was, what's the trial? What are the side effects? How long did you test it? Eh, I, I certainly hope this isn't a prelude to what's to come as, as we go further and further down the line and we found out, find, find out about these vaccines and they, they really haven't been tested. It's sort of like a trial and error, I guess. It appears that way. Well, we'll find out. Oh my. Oh my, oh my, oh my. I know this is Sunday, so I'm going to try to be brief and try not to be so hard and harsh. But, oh my. It appears Senator Tim Scott and Vice President Kamala Harris find themselves in the hot seat. No. 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 America is not racist. Oh my. Well, it appears that, of course, Governor Tim Scott the Republican senator from South Carolina gave the Republican rebuttal to President Biden's um, speech before the, the joint sessions of Congress last week. And of course, he said America's not racist. He said he had been called every derogatory term by those progressive liberals and Democrats. You know, the N-word, you know, sell out Uncle Tom. He ran the ran down the list of all the terms he has been called as a result of being a Republican senator that has came out and flat out categorically denied that the U.S. is racist. So we know where he stands. That was no surprise. But the the social media, man, they went in on him and they went in on him hard. They even came up with some memes for him. I mean, when I tell you they roasted him, they roasted it. They, They didn't hold anything back, which I couldn't understand. I mean, the guy has always told you where he stood. He didn't teeter the line. That's just who he is. That's his thought. That's his belief. That's his backbone. So he spoke. Always has. However, Vice President Kamala Harris came out the next morning and said America is not racist we just merely have problems that we have to work through we have to you know change some laws change some practices uh, common practices that have occurred or become part of that normal life over the years and decades and centuries here in America now there's a back step there's a teetering of the line because I can remember, like many of you, I'm sure, if you're going to be truthful and not play this little political, social nonsense that we've all uh, have become accustomed to over the years, over the decades, over the centuries. There's a teeter. 
Because I remember when she was running for vice president, or president, I should say. When she was running for president, she was pretty adamant about racism here in America. She said it was systemic racism. Now she's saying it's just a few policies and, and what have you that has to be changed. Uh, isn't it still racism? I mean, you did, you, you had a pretty much a whole campaign that said racism is prevalent in America. That America is racist. That's pretty much how you got elected because you went to those African Americans or black voters and you spewed that they believed you and they voted for you but now you're saying it is not so well that's a political two step if I've ever heard one I mean come 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 on now pick a side and stick with it vice president madam vice president because you're flip flopping you flip flopped I mean just like I said, politicians always do this. This is nothing new. I don't know why anyone is, is, is offended or alarmed. She's a politician. Sorry, that's just who she is. She is a politician. Simple and plain. But my question to uh, Madam Vice President is um, you say that, you know, at one point in time, you said America was racist by the systematic racism that they have in place, how the the criminal justice system unfairly targets or or punishes black Americans, how the the, the system of even in in real estate, you know, as far as redlining, that's still going on in certain areas or what have you. And now the urban renewal, even in education, how some can't get in because of the lack of good education in the communities and schools that they attend early on in life and they have an uphill fight to prove their worth. My question to her is, aren't you or weren't you at one point point in time part of that systemic racism as far as it relates to the judicial system because you if I'm not mistaken you were in a district attorney in San Francisco I believe so are we to believe that you are the only district attorney in American history that didn't unfairly prosecute black males and females that you went straight by the book and you looked at every case on its own merit are we to believe that because now you're saying that it's just a a pretty much a, a system that's been in place for however long but you were part of that system too when you were the district attorney of San Francisco weren't you or maybe you I mean hey maybe you did do something miraculous and you didn't do what what was the norm maybe you did look at every case on its own merit and made the right judgment maybe I don't know I don't know what do I know (laughs) what do I know I just find that uh, ironic I'm not upset about it I'm not disgusted about it because I knew and I know how politicians roll. And this is an old political two-step. They release their fury 
uh, during election time. And then they're furious scaled back once they're in office because they have to placate to those in the party or those lobbyists or whatever or what have you that may come back around again in another, does it three years now? Or maybe three and a half? Oh, well, I can't even, hey, let's not forget 2022. You still have to go out on that campaign trail for those other Democrats. I wonder how that's going to work out now that she came out and said this. Uh, uh, perhaps this is will be that one moment in time that African Americans will fully and and finally wake up. This is a wake up call. This shows you what. <laughs> I mean, hey, this shows you what she's about. She totally reversed. She didn't. I mean, her thing when she was on the trail was that America is racist as a whole. Participated in that systemic racism also. Gladly. You weren't cohort coerced into it. It was your job. Maybe that's what she said. Maybe I mean I, I get that they, they're they saying they need to change the judicial system and, and the and the financial system as it relates to uh, real estate and you know, I get that. Understand that totally. But just like I told you in a previous podcast, I still and maybe I've missed it. I still have not heard a concrete plan with getting this judicial system in order. What's your plan? What's your first move? What do you want to do? Even when President Biden gave his speech to the joint sessions of Congress, all I heard was about a two or three minute response. And that was just because of, of course, George Floyd. And he, you know, he had others. He only speak when there's a certain case of it. We're still waiting. You were able to pass or or suggest legislative legislative changes for Asian hate laws and crime bill. You were able to get through. I mean, I, I'm just saying, not to sound facetious or an, an arrogant, you know, arrogant, you know what? But how long we got away again? Been waiting a while, haven't we? How much longer? Because as I remember, both of you on that campaign trail said that would be one of your first and top priorities once you get in to change this judicial system. Still haven't done it. You ain't knocked on no doors. Are you having meetings in secret? Maybe maybe that's what they're doing. They're having meetings and, and getting all their ducks in a row, getting all their facts straight. Still waiting. Been waiting. <laughs> how much longer do we need to wait? Or how much longer are we going to wait? Hmm. That's an interesting question. That really is. I think. Okay. Let's uh let's move along this morning. I, I, I promised I wouldn't get riled up. I almost got riled up, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the Lord's day. I won't give... Uh, any clarity to that that anger and rage but I gotta tell you there's something else that I found hmm. if you guys remember uh, several several maybe a few months ago I did a podcast uh, one of the stories I did in this podcast is uh, about how North Carolina and Alaska allows for the marriage of 
juveniles as early as 14. And I also talked about how there was a bill that was coming through that some uh, legislators were trying to change that law. I mean, like I said then, yeah, that law needs to be changed. That's a bit too much for me. 14 years old and you're getting married to these, well, you know, hey, times have changed. Well, anyway, let's go on. Uh, Senate Bill 35 which was set to outlaw marriage of anyone under the age of 18. It was all set to go. Like I said, it left North Carolina and like I said, Alaska, the only two states in the country that allows marriage as young as 14, by the way. Well, the law or practice, if you can say that, is still on the books. Essentially. However, one Republican legislator has come out with an amendment after he, you know, he was one of the ones that originally sponsored the, the bill to, to outlaw it. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, he was one of those that got on that soapbox and discussed how uh, tragic and detrimental it was to young kids who got married. Before, you know, they were, they were, man, he, he went on, okay, he, he went on a rampage. But somehow, some way, in less than a few months, he's brought forth an amendment. Brought forth an amendment. In contrast to what would outright ban the marriage of 14-year-olds, he introduced this amendment Wednesday afternoon. Now, this amendment, <laughs> wow, this amendment still allows for marriage of juveniles as young as 14s. 14 years of age but only let's listen to this this is nonsense 101 still allows for the marriage of juveniles as young as 14 but only to someone that's 4 years older or less what kind of foolishness is that I gotta ask uh, what was the purpose of you introducing this? I'll get to that later, but you're still going to allow, with this amendment to this Senate bill, you're still going to allow for the marriage of juveniles as young as 14, as long as it's with someone four years or older or maybe less. Okay. Now the second part of it also says that the marriage would need to be approved by a parent or legal guardian with a written notice that has to be given to the clerk of court and the county or city or wherever they live unless the the minor is emancipated I, I never understood that totally that emancipation of minors to give them full Rights like an adult, where they pretty much read, raised themselves. I did, I, you know, sometime some years ago when I was in the Navy, I, I met a kid when I was stationed in Norfolk that was emancipated. And let, let me just say this: oh, it was disastrous. The kid pretty much was raising himself. He was on the streets. He didn't go to school. Didn't have a job. He just hung out. So I don't understand that 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 emancipation of minors where you pretty much just let them go off and do whatever they want to there's no body monitoring maybe they monitor them for a certain amount of time and then they really let them free 
never understood that that emancipation of minors. That that's just totally nah. That's horrible. That's just horrible. And I saw it firsthand. That kid was oh, he was wild. He was raising himself. Now, like I said, that's the second part. Then you know the marriage would need to be approved by a parent or legal guardian with a written notice to the clerk of court. Number three. With this amendment, children under 14 who became pregnant or have a child can marry the father. But a judge must approve of such as long as it is deemed to be in the best interest of the child or children. So they're still going to allow you to marry the father at 14 as long as the judge somehow, some way gets involved. And he says it's okay. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> this. That that's enough for me. Uh, the way I see it, and, and some people may be, man, what are you talking about? But think about it. One, you can still marry a 14-year-old juvenile, but you can only marry someone that's four years older than yourself in marriage would need to be approved by a parent or legal guardian with a written notice given to the clerk of the court unless the minor is emancipated and of course the third one children under 14 who become pregnant or have a child can't they are allowed now to marry their father according to this amendment the amendment has by the way (laughs) but the amendment by the way has gone through the voice votes so it's getting ready to be voted on but you know (laughs) Pretty much what I'm I'm getting out of this amendment is pretty much as long as you're married to whoever or whomever, you can commit statutory rape. It's legal. Is that what they're trying to do? They're trying to make statutory rape legal? You know, I, and, and a side note, I don't mean to get off track, but I can remember some time back when, you, you know, when they... You know, those that 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 have sexual intercourse with children, you know, that we, we call them pervos or, or whatever. I can remember and I haven't heard anything about it, but man, this might be the start. Like many of this crap, that much of this crap that's going on now, they were trying to say that those people that that found pleasure and having sex with with children there was a mental defect here we go with that mental defect for you doing foolishness and doing outright wrong they have a mental defect they need to be understood they need to be studied they need to be accepted it's a mental disorder uh boy would you saying that now pretty much you can you, you can still commit statutory rape legally as long as you're married what we're going towards I know it sounds way off but like I said well well, that response to the mental health with you sleeping with children was way off for me so uh, hey this ain't too far from it is it now the representative said that another concern was that the current bill would possibly have those juveniles (laughs) possibly have those juveniles to abort their babies in the event that they couldn't get married or whatever or what have you um is that what this is about abortion again because we do know that's that's the strong republican uh, uh, stronghold no abortion 
for whatever reason, none whatsoever. Is that what this is about? You're pretty much just going to continue to allow, like I said, statutory rape as long as you're married in hopes that they won't abort their babies. <laughs> you know, like one opponent of this amendment said, it places kids in North Carolina and neighboring states in a extreme jeopardy of exploitation and lifelong harm under the umbrella of marriage. Now, as far as that parental consent goes, yeah, that might be uh, mixed in that little coercion thing. You know, the old timers would say, hey, you got pregnant, you're going to marry this guy, or you're going to do right by that girl. <laughs> I guess, and, and apparently what's happening, uh, yeah, there are people from neighboring states around North Carolina, maybe even Alaska, I don't think anybody's going to Alaska, but neighboring states, since North Carolina has that, you can get married as young as 14, law on the books, a lot of people from out of state are coming to North Carolina to get married, apparently. <laughs> oh my God. And another thing, you know, opponents are saying, and, and and this kind of threw me also. They're saying that these lawmakers that are, are are actually in approval of this amendment are throwing out the, the, the success success stories of successful marriages, these successful juvenile marriages, and not truthfully taking a look at look into in consideration of the failures and disasters. It's like I said last, the domestic, you know, the few podcasts ago, domestic violence. I mean, they get with these old dirty perbs and of course they're beating on them and they're raping them. They're taking advantage of them. But are y'all really just going to say you're going to allow this just so people want to abort babies? Why, what the foolishness? I mean, in short, this bill falls way short of protecting juveniles. I, I, I don't see it protecting anything. But it, it does support statutory rape. I gotta admit, it does. Because now you're saying it's legal. As long as you're married and you don't abort your baby, you're gonna give them a pass. Wow. How crazy is that? Is that your reasoning for bringing forth this amendment? Because like I said, at one point in time, this guy and others, they were like, no, no, times have, have, have progressed. We're not going to allow for any juvenile to get married as young as 14. Now you're saying they can get married to, to, at 14 if they uh, marry someone four years or older than themselves. And it's fine as long as the parent gives permission and files the correct paperwork with the clerk of court and the judge approves as long as it's in the best interest of the children or child that they have. And the Republican uh, uh, sponsor or one of the Republican sponsors of the amendment says it's in an effort to uh, for people or kids, juveniles, not to abort their babies. Wow, you guys are really, I don't know what to say about that. Outside of it is statutory rape to me, sorry, not sorry. It's just legalized statutory rape is what you're trying to put on the books. For whatever reason, whatever lobbyist or group has got in your head, you ain't representing, you're not keeping the best interests of these juveniles 
And you certainly don't represent my mindset or thought on the issue. Because it's a no for me. I don't care what the reason is. A 14-year-old, you marry a 14-year-old? I don't care if you are four years old. You're marrying a child. And this is normal. Let's not even get into the legal thing. This, this is normal. This is a norm. Somehow, some way, this is normal. This is what we do. We allow for 14-year-olds to be married to grown men. Ugh. Kind of dirty, sick, trifling. <laughs> what kind of disgusting mess is this? All in efforts to stop people from aborting babies. Mm. Okay, never mind the uh, domestic violence side of it. I, I know there's some success stories. Some of these marriages, whatever for whatever reason, work out. But I, I wonder of, of those quote-unquote successful marriages of these juveniles. Is it really successful or are they really in fear? I don't mean to sound like one of those fear mongers, but hey, common sense. We know that a 14-year-old... No way and no, no no shape, form, or fashion can you convince me that a 14-year-old has the correct mind to marry someone, to be in a marriage. A lifelong commitment? A 14-year-old to the extent of marriage? I know we've, we've advanced as a society, but no. <laughs> no, not a 14-year-old. Not a 14, not a 15, not a 16, not a 17, not a... Not even an 18, a 19, a 20, a 21 year old. Um, no way. That makes absolutely positively no sense to me. But apparently, our state elected officials have the knowledge and wherewithal that you and I may not have to say it's okay. Hmm. Whatever works for you. I mean, I guess whatever gets you elected. Because as for me, that's a no. That's a huge no for me. There's no way in the world. Like I said, you can convince me that a 14-year-old has the correct mindset of marriage. No. I think the the underlying reason here, like I said, it's already gone through the voice boats where you know where they sit in, in committee chambers and they, they it's like taking a straw poll yay or nay everybody raise their hand write it in whatever however they do it it's already gone through the voice votes and apparently it's been passed so I guess now it's going to uh, go to the floor of the senate or house we'll see what happens I hope somebody I gotta I gotta say I hope somebody totally blocks this this just sounds it sounds like we're going backwards we were supposed to be a better society than this. Doesn't look like it. Does not look like it. Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't smell like it. Smells like we're regressing. Or we're standing in the same spot. Because there's no way in the world that you can convince me that this is in the best interest of those juveniles. Maybe there's some underlying problem there. I don't know. I, I don't understand how any uh, adult could actually fathom the notion of that and actually fathom the no- notion of, of, of approving this amendment. I just don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. 
Well, like I said, I wanted to get on here this morning and talk to talk to you guys for a few. Uh, like, you know, hey, I have to go to work. So I'm going to skedaddle, get moving, get going, deal with the rat race, the grind. But it's still Sunday and it's still a beautiful day outside. So, hey, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Like always, Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I've already had one listener did leave me a voice response. And and I want to take time out to thank him. It's always good when, when you can get a, resport, a response from someone, whether it's yay or nay, but it, it lets you know that someone is listening to you. So, hey, leave a voice response. I would love to hear your voice. So you can offer feedback and you can, can make monetary contributions also. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public Verbal and WordPress. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.